chosen community and welcome to Foster My Stories, the achievement-focused podcast for foster care, adoption, orphan, inclusive of underserved communities. I'm your host, Shalina Michelle Tate, and on today's cast episode, I would like for you to get to know my guests, Dusty and Dwayne Stark. How are both of you doing? Hey, Shalina, doing great. Awesome. awesome. I'm doing well. Yes. Thanks for having us on. No problem. Thank you for coming on and being my guest. But before I get into the dynamics of your careers and your lifestyle dealing with politics, clinical social work, and ministry, I would like each of you to give listeners a snippet of your upbringing. Ladies first. Raised in and around the foster care system, primarily raised with my grandparents. So that has given me a unique perspective because my sister, who was born 11 years later, she ended up going into foster care and was raised by that family. So that gives kind of an idea of what draws my heart to be a foster parent, and I'm an adopted mom as well, and to be in this field, ultimately, to want to impact connecting youth to family. How was that journey a discovery for you, for your sister, to have also going through the process with foster care? having the choice of living with siblings, being separated, and some with family, some in the system. So thank you for sharing that. And also, Mr. Dwayne, what about your upbringing? On the other end, I'm the baby of the family, the youngest of four boys. Lots of good in life and some other challenges as we went along. I think when I was four when my father was put in wheelchairs, sparked a whole change in life and really launched our family into poverty because he was no longer able to work. They lost their restaurant. The most turbulent year was age 14, where, you know, came home on my birthday one night and found out my parents had split. That was unfortunate. And then a month later, my dad died. From 14 on, you know, growing up as a teenager without a father in the house, that was significant. And dark paths right ahead. You know, there was no challenges, some really poor choices that I was diving into for a season until, you know, two significant things happened. And one was I came to know Jesus as Lord and Savior, yes. and that drastically influenced my life. And the second was that there were some men in the community who decided that they were going to invest in me, learn what it meant to walk as a Christian and make better choices, really kind of set the pace of my life for desiring to go into ministry and desiring to work with other people and to eventually work with at-risk youth. Once again, also appreciate your transparency as well. 
And it's amazing to hear, you know, of course, the situations, the circumstance, of course, at the time for you wasn't, but it's amazing to hear how your life took a turning point also at 14. I know Dusty was saying 14 for her as well. You know, we never know, especially growing up, how our lives would be impacted in ways and dealing with family. I thank you for being so transparent about just your journey and coming to know the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Just that encounter alone is what shapes our lives moving forward. Dusty, you expressed wanting to grow as a motivational speaker on behalf of the foster orphaned and those who adopted your upbringing and past highly relates to that. So for me, I've done more community work and doing some classes and had some opportunities doing some keynote with Dwayne, actually. But this is something that I want to put my focus and energies and everything into is creating more awareness around the need of orphans and foster children and those waiting to be adopted. My brother, myself, and my sister have all benefited from people stepping in and being that for us. And so I know there's a lot of people because I talk to them, you know, maybe some have even had bad experiences with their own, whether it be blended family or different things, they're unsure about taking that step to open their home to a youth. And so for me, it's really just being able to answer some of those things and look at what those myths are and be able to to help people know the need is real, that there are kids being put in motels, hotels with staff or being shipped out of the state or, you know, just overloaded into foster homes because there aren't enough resource providers. And so I think this is just a real issue and one that I want to pour my focus and energies toward. Yes, and I commend both of you. I feel that you are both a dynamic pairing together as far as leaders and your community and especially ministry. Dwayne, you were saying that you had some mentors because a lot of youth, like Dusty was saying, you know, if they don't really have the right guidance or anybody pouring into them, you know, it could be hard. So could you tell listeners about the mentors that came into your lives? The first was Roger Hagelman. He was my football coach. Little did I know he was the youth pastor, and so he saw I was going through a tough time, knew what had happened in my household with my father, and yes. be involved. And so he invited me off to camp, was invited me to get involved, but stopped by the house. It just was relentless in trying to pour in and spend time with me, yes. and ultimately giving me a place to grieve. Just walking with me through the pain and the struggles of that. And so he was unique in that way to have this young man who was invested in me, and all because he wanted to be a, a light in my life. Yes. There were a couple others that played a slightly different role. The youth pastor at the time, now the senior pastor of our church, watching him as he started his family, watching him as he interacted with his wife and his newborn children. And what was unique about that is, I always think of age 14 as the age of cognition. Yes. When we start thinking beyond ourselves, yes. and we start, you know, instead of just reacting to the world, we contemplate the world, and we start figuring out what is our place in the world. And so what was interesting is in some ways you are going to lose a parent who wasn't necessarily the best influence. Age 14 actually freed my mind in a way to learn from other men how to be a dad and how to be the kind of husband I wanted to be rather than being a natural reflection of my own father. So these men who were willing to just spend time and energy and all of them were walking with Jesus and just trying to shine a light into my life. I commend those men who stepped up 
to become like role models and father figures, if you want to say, potentially foster fathers in place of. It's dynamic to hear because they helped mentor and guide you, positive impression on you. Dusty, did any mentors come along for you as well? I would say just my grandparents' role was the primary. I think that they just provided security, safety, a place to land. Love that when I would bounce different situations or, you know, my father would end up in jail or something along those lines where I wasn't able to remain in their care, they were willing, you know, to always come. And I don't know how many times I just feel like my grandma counseled, you know, just naturally because there's all those things you kind of wonder, like going through abandonment, rejection, and why don't my parents, you know, stop using drugs and want us and all those questions that kids have when their parents have addiction issues. And I think it really helped me to kind of have a healthy narrative that she could walk me through and say, you know what, this isn't about you and your brother. This isn't about your sister. This is about parent struggle and being able to separate those things and help me just like dwell with them, just grieving through that. We want, you know, our mom and our dad and yes. would cry out for them. So I feel like just their continued support in addition to that, when I started working, I think it gave me a whole different confidence, I guess, in who I was because I was moved straight into like a supervisory position at my first job. And then at my next one, they moved me from clerk to like the pharmacy where people would see things in me and say, you know what, I could see you playing this other role and I could see you. So I did have some pharmacists that I looked to because we didn't come from money either and could kind of see the way that they lived. Yeah. And so they brought me under their wing in the sense of education and kind of opening my mind to that because uh, nobody in my family had attended college. And so until my brother and I, and actually my sister, we all went on to get bachelors. And then my sister yeah. and I also went on to get master's degrees. Yeah. And we're really first generation when it comes to college or university or anything. Yeah. So I feel really fortunate to have had it's just to hear, likewise, that you're also first generation, you know, listeners, if you know, if there's any youth, we want to definitely encourage you to know that you can press forward, just take one day at a time. Super excited because you're the first couple in the life experiences that I know listeners can appreciate. And also your transparency about what life was. Dusty and Dwayne, when was the turning point for each of you? Like, was that turning point when you was coming out of school? Was that a transition for you to say, hey, you know what? I want to make a difference in my community. Same question for you, Dwayne, as well. When was that turning point? It kind of came to me through writing a book, yes. uh, Legacy of Love, which is as a publisher right now. But my journey was very kind of self-centered until I was able to get to that point. Like even, I would say developmentally, I was delayed in that bouncing around and all the situations mm -hmm. going on in the homes that I was in. All of that turmoil and change and adjustment, I think I was just really focused on myself and kind of yeah. not really looking outwards. And we weren't raised in a church. We weren't raised yeah. with that. Not to say they weren't servant people. Obviously, mm -hmm. my grandparents completely sacrificed in so many ways to care for us. But we didn't have, like, community ministries. We didn't go out and serve in different ways. And so for me, that didn't actually come when it came to, like, outside of myself until when I was in college and I was taking all the classes yes. and I was just starting to feel like, gosh, you know, like the tree that soaks up all the sun and all the rain and then you're just like, I just want to bear fruit. Like, I want somebody else to, like, benefit from all of this. Like, I just kind of got tired of taking in stuff and I really wanted to be able to give. Mm. And so through work, I think that contribution was a big part. But I would say, too, piggybacking on what Dwayne said, just meeting Jesus in my life ultimately and looking at, like, what 
congratulations on your book, Legacy of Love. Where can listeners purchase a copy of your book? Com, and it will be posted on that at this point. It's within a couple of months. Follow me also on my Facebook, which is Bessie.Stark1. So either of those places. Thank you. Yes, and Dwayne as well. It's interesting because depending on what way you look at my life, it's taken so many twists and turns on the path to where I am. But I think that there's three significant moments that have impacted the next season of my life. Jesus would be the Lord of my life, yes. not just Savior. I believe that God wants me to reach the master. You know, this is really dependent on God's sovereignty. And I will step through any door you open for me. But if you open two, I'm going to go through the one I like better. An hour later, as I was kind of praying in the middle of the night, that the janitor bumped into me and started talking to me. And the next thing I discovered, he was a missionary there and invited me to come do an internship as a missionary. So I graduated mm-hmm. high school there. You know, that, again, just kind of made it so I was constantly saying, God, what do you have next? Yeah. What is the next door that I need to step through? It helped me to set aside fear yes. when it came to stepping through or making the next change. Is, you know, as a missions and outreach pastor for about a decade, I believe that as Christians to actively and strategically engage in our community in order to bring about and see God's redemptive purposes in our lives and in our community. So as I was attempting to engage that philosophy through ministry, somebody asked me if I was interested in running for office. Well, thing I know, you know, eight years later, and I'm a state representative, yeah. pastor turned politician, and it's been a, a wild ride. Amazing testimony. Growing in foster care, I was taken to church, but it wasn't for me until adulthood. I started to explore, hey, I feel like I'm here for a greater purpose. You know, why am I here? I always get excited when I have guests that are not afraid to profess their beliefs. So this question is also now to both of you. Are there any projects that you are currently working on? And Dusty, I know you said your book is in development that you would like to explore as time permits. And I know right now you're also in the moving process. So how is that going? Several things in the works. Dusty already shared her book, Legacy of Love, which is off at the publisher right now. We're excited to have that move forward and see her blog pick up. And the podcast that we've been discussing doing with you, by the way, (laughs) we're excited for that, eager to explore that. And then simultaneously, uh, one of the things that I've been working on is, you know, Dusty's book is at the publisher. Mine is only a couple pages in, but I am working on my own fostering fatherhood. And the down and dirty of being a foster dad. Issues that guys sometimes face, and it's not always as, um, you know, sunshine and roses as VHS recruiters (laughs) make it out to be. Trying to be real and transparent with that. But together, I'm super excited about the journey with Dusty. She's such an incredible woman. She has so much talent to walk along, to be producing content from classes that are posted online that relates to counseling that she's done, to stress stress reduction, to, you know, parenting, to fostering, helping her walk in that journey as fostering adoptive consultant. Both are eager to, to be in front and public speak with people and stories to share, and, and they can be very entertaining and sometimes heartbreaking and hopefully mm-hmm. always encouraging. Lots to come. We're excited with what's ahead. Listeners, I will fill you in as time permits, but yes, we are in the works working on a joint effort for a podcast. I'm super excited about that and I'm looking forward to where God takes the vision of wanting to reach more people and encourage and inspire more people. So please stay connected for those updates. Before we go, I want to ask this question to each of you. Are there any words of wisdom you would like to leave with listeners, whether it's dealing with upbringing or your current jobs or being 
foster adoptive parents? Is there any words of wisdom you want to leave? Specific to foster and adoptive, I believe that we all have a role. When we look around, God has created us to walk a life in community. And each and every one of us has a different role in our community. You know, some people are teachers, some are janitors, some are philosophers, some are politicians, some are pastors. We all have a different role. But what we should all have in common is loving on at-risk youth. And we all have different ways that we can do that. Some of us have the ability to open up our house and have an empty bed and fill that bed with a child. And some people don't have that open space, or maybe they don't have the work schedule that allows it, but they might be able to contribute to, you know, help in the local child welfare office, or they might be able to come alongside that family and walk with them, encourage them, and still mentor that child. I truly believe that every single person in our community has a role when it comes to working with our foster and adoptive youth. And I would challenge anybody listening to this to take a moment and pray and just say, God, what is my role? Am I fulfilling it? And I'll just add that it's worth it, really, what I would ultimately say. All the emotions and, you know, walking through the fears and whatever the case plan as a CASA, you know, a court-appointed mm-hmm. special advocate, depending on the state you live in, they might call it, you know, different things, but they have everything from foster buddies who sit with mm-hmm. foster youth while the caseworker is making calls to find the home to, you know, those that pack. They have duffel bags mm-hmm. that they create for different age youth so they're not, you know, going from home to home with a trash bag mm-hmm. of belongings, but instead they have kind of nice, you know, pajamas, toothbrush, you know, all the different things that they might need for a couple days in a duffel bag. So it's those sorts of things and ministries that people can plug into that I would just say the resources, and there are a lot of different ways that you can be involved, but that it is worth it, ultimately, that every child is worth investing in. And for myself, even the hardest of cases, the most roller coaster of emotions, I would have chosen it even on my worst day to have done it again. And I think that that's what I would want people to hear again and again is I've had a lot of people come to me like, oh, I could never let go. I don't know how you do this. How do you get attached? And then, but it's really not about us. It's about being able to give and God is good and he provides and he allows even that pain can heal, you know, to be able to work through that. So those tears, those hard nights, whatever that is, it's still worth it. Super excited for listeners to also take action to what, you know, what was just presented about stepping up and seeing how you can become involved. Dwayne said in your communities or Dusty said CASA, court appointed advocates, and it may be different in your state, like she said, but so many different ways to get involved. Find out more information. Are you wanting to connect with Dusty or Dwayne? What's the best contact? I would say my website, which is extendinggreatconsulting.com. And that also lists my email, which is dusty at extendinggrace.us. And then an additional one that is right now set up focused primarily on my political role. So if you don't have the same politics as me, don't worry about it. We're shifting our focus to fostering adoptive and shifting out of some of the political arena. But to duanestark.org. So D-U-A-N-E-S-T-A-R-K.org. Yes. And I should have clarified, my first name is D-U-S-T-I for Dusty. Thank you for that clarification. And I'm excited for the books that y'all both have coming out, Legacy of Love. Dwayne, can you tell the name of your book again? Fostering Fatherhood, and it's the down and dirty of being a foster dad. Both of those books are so much needed, and it will be great to hear from the male perspective. I know when I was at a technical college and speaking for 
um, potential social workers, it was only one male in the classroom. And there's listeners that may be youth or wanting to get involved and don't be afraid. I know social work and care providing, you know, may not seem as if it's glamorous, but you've listened to the testimonies of both these dynamic individuals. And so I'm super excited, listeners, for you to follow the progression of both of them as I post updates to what they are doing and projects they are working on, the stuff we have in the works. So I appreciate both of you taking time out of your schedules to be here on Frosted My Stories. It's been uh, really an honor for you to, to come on and I really appreciate everything that you're doing. Thank you so much. I'm working on the follow-ups as time permits. And also, listeners, if your upbringing, community service, or job connects you to the foster adoption, orphan, or underserved community, I would love to have you on the podcast. You can send a request over at info at foster my story frank and mary story with the i not a y dot com and make sure to tune in wednesdays at the official time 5 p.m eastern standard time via red circle podcast spotify amazon audible amazon music radio public and google podcast there you can catch missed episodes or stay committed for upcoming guests and content but please remember most of all to tell someone being fostered, adopted, orphaned, or underserved simply means you're gracefully chosen. And thanks so much for your time, listeners. And the Starks, thank you for being on. Share this content, reach out, and foster this story. Take care.